evening, this afternoon, this evening. The reflection today is on anicca. That's uh, impermanence or change. And this is a very key and central aspect of the Buddha's teaching. One of the three characteristics of life. Everything is impermanent, is, is unsatisfactory, can't really satisfy us, and is not self, not who and what we are. So this is a, you know, truly a central teaching of the Buddha. And, you know, when we first hear that, can think, well, you know, obviously everything's impermanent, everything changes, so what, you know. But this is a very deep teaching. It's, um, it's pointing to the, to the uh, it's like a hidden secret in a way. It's like we're experiencing it all the time, in every moment. So even as we sit here, everything, everything, everything is changing. Sensations in the body, uh, perceptions are changing, feelings, moods, thoughts, and the body itself is going through changing process. So this never ends. This has always been going on and it will always continue. This is the nature of things. And yet we live often in a way of, you know, we, we try to get something that we want and hold on to it and keep it and have it. And, and we can do that for a while and then it changes. So this morning when I was helping my mum get up from bed and uh, turned the little, this little, uh, little lamp that I just turned a little bit. And as I turned it, it knocked this little dish onto the floor, which shattered. And I was like, oh, what's that? I dropped something behind the cupboard. And then uh, once I got her up and everything, and then I could have a look, what was that? And it was this little dish. It was this little dish that had been made in somewhere in the 1960s here in Pembrokeshire by um, a woman who's a famous artist. And it was a very beautiful little dish with a cat on it. My mum's rather fond of cats. And it was like, and so I picked it up, it was in three or four pieces, and then I put it on the table, and it's like, oh yeah, that really meaningful dish that's been with us all, probably for since before I was born, actually, been with us all these years. And it's it's got real, and we knew she was a friend of the family. It's like, oh, all of that, all of that memory, all of that meaning, and that special little dish that we were kind of probably gonna keep, and and now it's broken. And it's in pieces and it's no longer, you know, can't keep it in the same way as it was. And then I looked at it and it's like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry that happened. And this is how it is. This is the teaching. It's now a broken dish. And it was, you know, as Ajahn Chah said, and it was, it was already broken. It was always, always broken. It is, as it was made, the brokenness was built into it. It was never made to last forever. So this is the teaching. And yet when, you know, we, we hold on to things that are changing, 
We want things to last. We want to stay healthy. We want to, you know, we don't want to lose our loved ones. We delight in seeing new, new little, well, many of us, in new little beings come into the world. There's a certain, um, there's a certain quality of, of little beings, you know, that are so like, um, you know, baby, babies of all kinds, <laughs> that, are, that is, it is kind of wondrous. That's like, wow, you know, so alive and bright and open and spontaneous and, and, uh, and it is like that. And then as we grow and age, that slows down. We have more control and more choice and more agency for many years. And then at some point for many of us, then we start losing that again. And we can become like children again, where we can't control our body the way we used to. And we can't, our mind isn't working the way it used to. And our personality, we don't quite know who we are in the way that we used to. And then we have to let go and let go and let go. So this is the nature of things. Actually, we have to just keep letting go throughout our life. You know, imagine if we held on to an absolute me. It'd be pretty stressful. We'd have to keep asserting ourselves and to have to keep being a certain, you know, if we don't, we'd be fixed and then we would be out of alignment with reality. People do it. I tried it for a while. It was... Uh, Tried it for a while, I was like, no, that's not, that's not going to work. So, you know, part of our practice, I think that should be, part of our practice is to receive and let go of life as it is, to turn towards life as it is, to not, it's not about shutting down or, you know, um, avoiding or trying to push away life this isn't this isn't the the teaching but it's about turning towards and being interested in and open to things as they are it's very very simple it's it's interesting for me being here with my family at this time and um you know i didn't i had no plan to be here at this time i was planning to come in the middle of january and then suddenly, boom, I'm in Wales. Suddenly I've left one continent, I'm on another continent. I'm, uh, you know, in my family home and everything's a bit of a chaos because of illness and and um, vulnerabilities and not knowing what to do. And so there's this sudden, sudden change that was unexpected at this time. So if I'm at odds with that change, I'm going to be suffering a lot. I'm going to be trying to control things, trying to make it different, being upset about it. But the reality is it's like this. This is, this is what's happening right now. This is what's needed right now. This is my choice that I made right now. And so it's like this. So it's very simple. But that... Uh, turning towards things as they are is truly in alignment with reality. 
And obviously aligning with reality is what brings a state of freedom. So if we're always wanting something that's better, more different, then we're always going to be in that state of wanting. We will never be satisfied. And if we can get interested in what is going on here and now, then the teaching starts to reveal itself right here. So it's revealing, it, it's revealing the transience of life. It's revealing you know, that even like fun and lovely things are fun and lovely because they're impermanent. We do we do things for fun, then they're not steady state that isn't fun. It's the it's the sudden change and new and different. That's the fun bit, and the funness comes because it's you know there's there's a there's a wave of something different coming through. So what we love and what we enjoy is changing. What we resist and what we don't want is changing. So how would it be to uh, explore our relationship to clinging and resistance? Because these are the two qualities that keep us at odds with the flow of life and with the truth of the way things are. Clinging, the Buddha talks about it again and again and again. Let go of of clinging. And that clinging can be wanting or not wanting. I quite like resistance as a word for not wanting. I think it's something we all learn, you know, in our as, as part of it, how we navigate life as we as we grow up, you know, from little tiny children. There are certain things that we can be open to and certain things we have to develop some resistance or barriers and protection. And then we carry those with us into our life. And they keep on playing out throughout our life. An interesting one. You know, one person will have this kind of resistance and one thing need things to be this way. And a different person will have that kind of resistance and they'll need it to be that way. And then, uh, you know, if you get the right mix of people together, it can work. And, Often it's a bit bumpy because we've all got different things we want to control in different ways. So this truth, this teaching of anicca, impermanence, change, transience. I like transience. It's sort of very, it sort of depicts the quality to me. So the Buddha points us back to our breath. The breath is the most clear, immediate, obvious teaching. It's, it's, it's constantly changing. It has to be, by its very nature, it has to be constantly changing. And breath is static, it's no longer breath. So that ever-changing nature of the breath is a teaching. The breath is life-giving. It's essential to life. 
and it's constantly changing. Life is constantly changing. The elements are constantly in play. And we as people, you know, we, we, we arise differently with different people in different circumstances. So we're not a fixed somebody. You know, we have character and all that. But we're not a fixed somebody you know, when we're with... Sometimes you can hear it, you know, you're, you're speaking to somebody and then somebody they really, who's really dear to them calls or walks in the door and then there's a, they, they arise in a different way. There's a, a love and a joy and an uplift as they respond to that person. And you're like, oh, that's how they are in relation to that person. Oh, that's beautiful. Or maybe they're afraid of somebody and that person's around and then they start to shrink, get all small and worried. And, well, that's how they are in relation to that person. So we're like that. We are always changing. We're not a fixed somebody. And everything is changing. So this is a truth to be explored. It's not a, a dogma to be believed in. It's not that you should now say, you know, you've, you've heard a Buddhist nun say everything's changing, so you believe that. That's not very useful. But it's a, a truth to be explored. So I want to share with you um, a little teaching from the Samhita Nikaya, where the Buddha speaks about, it's actually speaking about essencelessness. So it's, it sort of covers all three of the characteristics. And it's it's not a direct. It's I've sort of made notes of the of the sutta, but it's the sutta. I can put it in here. Actually, let me just do that. Let me put it at the end. So it's the sutta sutta uh, samyutta nikaya twenty two ninety five. And the Buddha says, whatever form, material form. So that's like this body, computer I'm looking at, the chair I'm sitting on, everything. The earth itself, the, the rocks, the universe, all of it. Whatever material form there may be, whether past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, low or lofty, far or near, that material form, the practitioner should investigate, meditate upon, examine with systematic attention. On doing so, they would find it to be empty, insubstantial, without essence. And the same goes for feeling, whatever feeling may arise, past, future or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, low or lofty, far or near. If one really investigates, meditates upon, examines with systematic attention, one would find that to the feeling to be empty, insubstantial, and without essence. And so too with our perceptions. Perceptions can be very believable. We get very we really that we can really hold on to our perceptions of things as real. 
But if we look, whatever perceptions of the past, of the future, or of the present, internal or external, gross or subtle, low or lofty, far or near, if we investigate, meditate upon, examine, we'll find them to be empty, insubstantial, without essence. And the same goes for our thoughts and for our sense consciousness, or the experience through the six senses. So the Buddha's pointing to all that we experience. If we really, you know, all that we have experienced, all that we're going to experience, all that we're experiencing now, if we really investigate, we really get interested in it and curious about it. We can't, well, I'd like to, I don't want to say what happens. I want you to investigate it, actually. So if you really investigate, see what you find. See what's really solid. See what's really substantial. See what's really lasting. What in your body, what in your environment around you. What feelings, what perceptions. You know, can you maybe reflect on perceptions that have been very fixed in one way and then change? Whatever thoughts and whatever sense experience. So this is uh, my offering for you this morning to uh, explore the impermanent nature of all things. And you know, start with one thing, start with something and get interested. So I'd like to offer that today.